Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim, Tavshin Ayin. It was very nice to see all of the uh, listeners that were uh, able to, uh, I was able to see in uh, over Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, back in Eretz Yisrael. I heard it's snowing a lot more again in, uh, in Chutz Laaretz, but Baruch Hashem here is beautiful and wonderful, and uh, I'll take this weather. You don't, only come, you don't only come to Eretz Yisrael for the Ruchnias, you come for the Ganshmias too, right? The uh, Daven for the Geshem, but uh, you don't have to worry about the snow too much. Okay. Start off with a thought that I once heard from uh, Rabbi J.J. Schachter, who again had a short, insightful, on-the-ball thought, and that he, sa- he said that if you look throughout Parsha's Yisro, last week's Parsha, which is all about Kabbalah Satora, we don't find the phrase Nasev Nishma. We have to wait till the end of this week's Parsha, Mishpatim, the end of pa- the Parsha, Perach Dalid, for the re- Telling of Kabbalah Torah, a little different version. You have a Mizbeach, and you have some of the Dom sprinkled in different places. But that's where Nasev Anishma is. So why is it Nasev Anishma in Yisro? That's the the Kabbalah Torah parsha, and yet it's only after Mishpatim that we have the uh, Nasev Anishma mentioned. So said Rabbi Shachter, to have Nasev Anishma after the miracles, after the fire from heaven, after everything going on, unbelievable. Nasev Anishma, will believe, will believe. That's one level of commitment. But after hearing mishpatim, after hearing nitty-gritty details of halacha, after hearing day in, day out, what's required, what's, what, are, what are Jews responsible for, that Nasev Anishma, that's an even deeper commitment and that's going to be enduring. Yes, I'll, it's the same event, but Al-Derach Drush, why does the Torah place it after mishpatim? To hint to us, that Nasev and Ishma on the miraculous, on the amazing, on the Nisim and the flows that took place? Okay. But Nasev and Ishma after Kisikne Eved Ivri, Lo, Sanal Riv, all the details, Lo Sabasha Gadiba Chalevi Mo, after all that, Nasev and Ishma, that's an even deeper commitment. It's a commitment to follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu day in, day out, um, following Halacha to the last iota. Okay. Now let's get back to the beginning of the parsha. Which discusses, as we know, Avadim. The Parsha of Evet Ivri, six years, in the seventh year he goes free. Is he allowed to get married? We discussed that a little bit last year. It's a famous question. You read the first Pasuk, and that is, why start off with Avadim? Right? There are many, many halachas that are mentioned even just in Parsha's Mishpatim. And yet the Torah chooses to start with Avadim. Does that represent something? Does that uh, tell us a secret to all of Parshas Mishpatim? Why exactly is Avadim the beginning of the details of the Torah Shavachsav after Harsina? Says Rav Zalman Saratskin, Aznayim LaTorah, source number one. Kisik Ne'evet Ivri. HaTorah matchila et ma'arechet ha-mishpatim b'mitzvahs Evet Ivri. The Torah starts off the framework of laws with Eved Ivri, Umashira Otanu Lehisyaches Bachesed Barachemim El Haeved Aach. We have to treat the Eved properly, like a brother. Vishalola Havida, right? He's a Jew. He's a full Jew. And Eved Ivri is Chayav in all mitzvahs. And Eved Kenani, a non-Jew who is partially Jewish after he becomes an Eved Kenani, is Chayav in the same mitzvahs that a woman is Chayav uh, in. Differences in halacha, but in terms of the number of mitzvahs. But in Eved Ivri is Chayav in all mitzvahs. He's just poor, or he stole, and therefore he has to work in order to gain his his freedom. So says the uh, Zalman Mitzvahs. Why is this here for? This is this is the most basic halacha. The Jews were just avadim themselves. They just left. Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim was not so long ago. 49 days the other way. So we need to hear about treat your avadim properly now? They, they, they just left a few weeks ago. They probably still had the marks of servitude on them. They probably were still black and blue and showed the bruises. That's the last halacha that should have been said right now that they needed to hear. You have to give this halacha of avadim? Ubevadai says, does my Torah. His komamu kol azman benafsham pegim penima neged amishtar hamiduket vamishabed azet. They're obviously against such rulership 
Umachu negar mishpatim ke'elav. Eichze yala ladas. How could there be a havamina? Shekasher yishtachru when they're free. Alulam lehayafeich laadonim kashim. They just after what they went through, they're going to turn around and go on the other side. So why does the Torah have to start with this? Says the Rambam Torah, yes, bidafka, giving this first. The Torah goes down and the Torah knows human nature. The Torah knows history and what's going to happen in history. How many times in history, says Lazayim Torah, have we seen oppressed people, oppressed slaves that are so lowly, that are so subjugated, and right when they're gaining their freedom, what do they do? They turn around and do it to another people. They're so low, don't they realize it? Says Lazayim Torah, what's human nature? Now I'm free, now I'm going to do it to somebody else. Now I can, now it's, I'm, in, I'm in the, in the, on the right side. And now I'm going to do it. It's human nature. This is how I show my freedom. It's not going to say, oh, okay, now I understand where they're coming from, therefore I'm going to be nicer. No. How many times has there been a slave nation throughout history that once they get their freedom, they do just the opposite? It says exactly what they fought against yesterday, they turn around and they, they fight against it today. And he says... 31. Right, he didn't live too long ago. Says Rav Saratskin. Look throughout different countries in the world where you have the lower class that becomes the upper class and they do the same thing, the same improper behavior that the previous upper class did. They don't believe in equality anymore. That was in their mouths. All the ideals and ideologies that they were they were screaming about previously are all forgotten when they change their shoes. So the Torah says, as the Jews left Mitzrayim, seven weeks later, they got the Torah. What's the first set of halachas the Torah Shebechsav gives us? Avadim. Don't fall prey to that aspect of human nature. Don't say, now I'm free, I'm going to do what the Mitzrayim did. Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't, doesn't want us to fall prey to that. That's why Avadim becomes first. The same idea is suggested by Nechama Leibovitz later on in the parsha. Parachav Beis, Pasik Chaf. Pasik says, twice in this week's parsha, but I'll read once. The Pasik says, Don't oppress or take advantage of the ger. The Gebar Bamitziah tells us, I didn't give it to you, 36 times throughout the Torah. Remember you a gerim in Mitzrayim, don't take, don't take advantage of the gerim. Don't take advantage of the gerim. Over and over and over again. Why so many times? There's nothing else in the Torah that it says so many times. Says the Gemara in Masechus Baba Metziah. Says the Chamalebovitz. Exactly the same idea. Source number two. Because a history of alienation and slavery, the memory of your own humiliation is by itself no guarantee that you will not oppress the stranger in your own country once you have gained independence and left it all behind you. Do past memories and experiences of strangeness and slavery really prevail on and influence the newly liberated and independent? It's human nature. We want to take advantage. If we were taken advantage of, so it's my Lahem. Somebody else has to be downtrodden. To adopt an attitude of tolerance and love to the stranger living amongst them? Do we not often find the opposite to be the case? The hate, persecution, and shame the individual community experiences in the past do not act as a deterrent, preventing them adopting the same attitude to those entrusted to their power later on. That's why, over and over again, the Torah says, don't let it go to your head. Don't fall prey to what many nations fall prey to. Remember the feeling. Remember what it was like. And if you do that, then you won't take advantage of those who you are now above. Aznayim LaTorah and Nechama Leibovitz both tell us this insight into human nature, which the Torah is warning about. Okay, moving right along. The end of the Aliyah, end of the first Aliyah, right before Shani, 
We have the famous two words, those doctors in the audience, I'm sure are very familiar with these two words. Pazak talks about if two people are fighting and one hurts the other one, all the different types of payments that have to be made. Uh, you have to pay for the uh, the fact that a guy's out of work. You have to pay the nezek, tzar, ripui, shevas, boshas, the pain uh, incurred. But one of them is the ripui, the doctor's bills. So the Pazak says, Im yakum al If you hit somebody and they're healed eventually, Rak shifto yitain, you have to pay for the fact that he lost work, verapo yurape. And you have to pay for the doctor bills. But the Chazal and Mesechus Babakama Darshan, from these two words, mikancha nitna rishus This is the source for doctors having the license to be able to heal. What was the Havamina? You might say, is that a svara? Isn't it logical? So the Rishonah discussed, what was the Havamina that you need a Pusik to say that? Maybe only God could heal. Right, Tosas about Bakama discusses maybe if God inflicts something, maybe that's what God wants. Who am I to go to a doctor? We discussed this maybe last year, Barshbukosai, the Ramban. But either way, Rapo Yarape, this is the source. Just one mystery before we get to what we're going to talk about today. There's a big mystery. The Rambam never quotes for Rapo Yarape in a halakhic context. The source that the Rambam quotes for the license for a doctor to heal is in Pirsha Mishnais in Nidarim, where the Rambam quotes the Pasik of Vahashi Vosolo. You have to return a lost item to somebody. That's the source for healing someone. What's the connection? So the Rambam says, if you have to return somebody's lost item, so surely you have to return his health. You have to return his health. He's, 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 uh, he's sick. He lost his health. So the Rambam says, if you have to return his Aveda, you surely have to return his health. So that's the Rambam. Why does the Rambam quote that passage and not others? That's not for now. That's just food for thought. But what we will talk about are three words from a Mishnah in Mesechus Kiddushin, which has many, many interpretations given to it, because on the surface it is very difficult and challenging to understand. Any doctor out there, I'm sure, is aware of this Mishnah in Mesechus Kiddushin, where the Mishnah is listing off various attributes of different professions. I don't know if this applies to dentists. I'm not sure. Could be. You have to look at the, the, the explanations. But the, the mission lists off different um, what most uh, camel drivers are this and most people on boats are chasidim because they have your shemayim because they're davli that the boat doesn't capsize and most butchers are this. Tov shebarofim legehenim. The best doctors are going to gehenim. So what does that mean? Tov shebarofim legehenim. Again, I can speak. I have a lot of medicine in my family. So I'm not, I should, one shouldn't think that I'm insulting doctors here. A father, a father-in-law, a mother-in-law, a wife, a sister-in-law, a brother-in-law. No, just not me. I try to be doctor of the soul, not doctor of the, leave the rest for, uh, for everybody else. I, but uh, always ready to learn. Anyway, so what is Tov This is not why I didn't go into medicine. Tov Shabrof from the But, you know, so what does it mean? So first we look at Rashi. First we look at Rashi. Tov Shabrof from the Source number three. It should be source number four, but we'll go three, two threes. Eno yare min hacholi. He does not fear sickness. Uma'achalo ma'achal briyim. He eats healthy food. Ve'eno mishaber libo lamakom. He does not literally break his heart and lower his heart to God. 90% of the explanations of this line is connected to the idea of gaiva. And that the doctor thinks he's great and the doctor has tremendous power in his hands, right? Other professions don't have life and death that they control, right? They control other aspects of one's life, but they don't have so much control. So this, specifically by doctors, it's beneath me, they get self-confidence, whatever the case may be, that's Rashi. Rav Meir Pamishlana, my father likes to quote, Tov Shabarofim Legehenim along these lines, Tov is Gematria 17. Tov Shabarofim, a doctor that only says 17 brachas. But number 18, Rafaina, he doesn't say because he believes that he's the Rofe. He only says 17. Tov Shabarofim. No, originally were 18 brachas, not 19. But 18, he doesn't say the 18th bracha, Tov Shabarofim Legehenim. So that's the 17th. It's the same idea as Rashi. And the Marsha continues, it just adds one other element. He thinks he's tov. Tov shebarofim. Those doctors that think they're so great. There's nobody like me. I am the best. 
V'somech biyoter al hamcha'ato mitoch ga'avato. He is arrogant, therefore he relies on his own <coughs> wisdom. U'lefamim hu to'eh b'teva zehachole. No doctor is perfect. He might make a mistake. What should he do? No matter who he is or she is, In every other year of Sakhanas Nefashis, you ask around. Ask one's colleagues. Ask anybody around for advice, for help, for a second opinion. But if a doctor thinks that I know the best, I'm not going to ask for a second opinion. I've seen this before. I know exactly what it is. That's the that's the marsha. That's the danger. But again, at root, the marsha, the Rameer Pamishlana, Rashi, all at root, the issue is one of gaiva, and therefore this could really apply to any profession. But it's just the the danger in a profession where there is so much power. That's why it's more dangerous. But it could apply to CEO of any company, right? So that is Tov Shabarofim Lagahenim. One idea. But there's another idea. Second idea, which the Teferis Yisrael suggests. The Teferis Yisrael on Mishnayis quotes a story which some say is impossible that it ever happened. So whether it's true or not, it teaches us a lesson. It's also quoted in the Shittim Mukubetzes and Mesechaz Nadarim. The same exact story. So we have it from the late Rishonim, but here we have it from the Teferis Yisrael. Nearly, source 5 on top right. This Maimar is nothing negative to a doctor. Nothing negative. Rak Shevach Harofe Hamumche. It's really a praise. It's really a Shevach. Wow. With friends like that. I mean, what kind of Shevach is that? Here we go. It's a story that we don't find in Midrashim. That's why many say it's not true, and many say it might even be. Apikarsus to say such a story. Let's see what might be heretical about the story. When Moshe Rabbeinu took the Jews out of Egypt, as we know, we say in Yashir, all the nations of the world feared and trembled. Who is this Moshe Rabbeinu? All the nations around the world says, we heard about what Moshe did. Right, all the the last eight makos, Kriyas Yamsuf, we saw what he did. For Lachain, and therefore, his Orer Melech Aravi Echor Vishalech Sayar Muvchar, Litsayer Tmunas Hamaniga Gadola Zeulavio Elov. One Arabian king sent an artist to go draw a picture of Moshe Rabbeinu and bring it back to me. I want to study it. How, how do you know what anybody looked like in those days? You go and have a, a painting drawn. So he went. I don't think Moshe posed for the picture. But he went and he drew Moshe Rabbeinu. He brings it back to the king. So he says, okay, this is what Moshe looks like. So then he says, okay, call my, call my uh, advisors. He brought all his magicians, all his advisors. He brought all of his face readers. There are palm readers. There are face readers. Look at his face and tell me what type of person he is. Tell me what's the magic about him. Tell me. Look at his face and go into the depths of his soul and tell me what you see. What makes him so great? They all said, all these professional face readers said, if we didn't know anything in the news, but we just saw this person's face, we would have said he's a very wicked man. He desires money. He's arrogant. He loves power. Every negative trait he has. You can see why something this is apikarsis. The Yiksov HaMelech Ma'ovi Yomar Mazen. The Melech said, what's going on here? Somebody is lying to me. Hachi, Talubi, you making fun of me? B'cholei L'Shamati, B'cholei V'ropina, Behifach Mizu HaIsha Kadol. Everybody knows this is the opposite of what this man really is about. The Yecher Do Anashim Ma'od and the advisor said, we're just doing our job. This is what we see. 
and he looks back at the artist and says, you messed up. The artist says, I didn't mess up. This is what I saw. I drew his picture. So the king doesn't know what to do. So the king says, there's no other choice, but I have to go myself. He gets up onto his camel and he travels. Line 19, he gets his chariots. He sees from afar Moshe Rabbeinu. He had the Karen Arpanov on him. He takes his picture out of his knapsack. He looks at the picture. He looks at Moshe. He looks at the picture. He looks at Moshe. Exactly the same. The artist was perfect. The artist was perfect. And he believed all of his advisors at home. He's in a bind. He has no idea what's going on. How could they all... They all didn't make a mistake. So how is it possible? Line 21. He, he, he's heart... Stop the, he would skip the beat. The Yelach for Yavo Batsmo El Oral Isha Lokim, he said, I can't take it anymore. He went to Moshe's tent, Vayichravish Takavela Apav, he bowed down, Vayisaper the Moshe, Kala Drama Elashir Nasu, he tells Moshe Rabbeinu everything that occurred. Vayomer Od Biadoni Isha Elokim, godly man, Kodem Risi Fanecha Pene Elokim. Before I saw your face, I said the artist must have made a mistake. Ulait Sayar Shaga, he must have made a mistake. But now that I see your face, I, I don't know. I don't know what what to think. All the advisors. I'm going to put to death. They all they're they're all trying to make fun of me, insulting me. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, line four. Vayan Moshe Ish Elokim Vayomer in the next column. Lokain Gamatzayar Gam Chachmecha Nifloim Hebidiyatam VeChachmatam. Your artist is a wonderful artist, and your advisors are right on the ball. They hit it on the nose. Vuulam Dailacha. But let me tell you, if I would let my guard down, if I would naturally let my desires do what they want, I would be a lowly person. I also have all the thoughts, the, the faults, that any other person has, and maybe even more. But that's what makes a godly person. When he takes his kochos, which could go lara, and he takes it latov. And the greater the person, the more potential he has in either direction. The Gemara says in Mesechah Sukkah, Kodesh Baruch always has, likes to keep the playing field even. So if your Yitzhah Tov is all the way up here, what, the Yitzhah Har is going to be all the way down here? No, it's just a little bit above, below. There's always the Bechira point. It says Moshe Rabbeinu, I have a lot of taivas, I have a lot of faults, but I conquer and I perfect myself and I work on myself. And yes, naturally, you look at my face naturally, all your advisors in an objective world could think that it's, this is who I am. Line 11, But I was kovesh and I was able to channel all of my kochos into making it second nature for good. That's why I gains. That's why I gains where I am today. That's the story. So again, just parenthetically, to say this about Moshe Rabbeinu, one has to be very, you know, it, it's an insource, but according to Tiferes Yisrael, but Moshe Rabbeinu was anav mikal adam, does that mean, so that means he used kovesh, kovesh, he didn't have any gaiva, ten, he had gaiva tendencies, he was kovesh, again, we believe that everybody has bechir chavshis, but we, we understand that some would be against this story. But it's in the Tiferes Yisrael, it's in the Shidim Kubetzas. But now, what does this have to do with us? Tov Shevarol from Legehenna. So he says now, line 13. Now we see. What does this mean? What does it mean? Tov Shevarofim, a doctor could be unbelievable. A doctor could spend his days being the Shliach of Malach Rafael, being someone who gives people their life back gives 20 years more to their life. Imagine how much schar every single mitzvah this person does for the rest of his life, I get schar for, because I helped him get better. And if he's sick for a week and I give him medicine, that if he gets better and he goes to shul, I get schar for that. A doctor has an amazing privilege, amazing abilities. Latov. That's tov shabarofim. Again, a tov shabarofim. A doctor could be so great, but tov, somebody who has such kochos and doesn't use it, latov. So that's again. Similar to what we said before. It's not easy to be a doctor. It's not easy. One has to work hard. There's special chachma. I think I mentioned in the past. 
the uh, Rav Yisrael Mishklov, the Talmud of the Vilna Gon, uh, wrote a say for the Pa'as HaShulchan. We know we have the Shulchan Aruch, Yosef Cairo, and the Ramah added on his um, additions, where the where the Ashkenazic custom is different. The Ramah's period is called the Mapa. That's not so famous. On the front page of the Shulchan Aruch, it says the Mapa, the tablecloth. The Shulchan was Aruch by the Rav Yosef Cairo, and then the Ramah set the table. He put that tablecloth on. The Rav Yisrael Mishklov, the Talmud of the Gra, wrote the Pa'as HaShulchan, the corner of the table. There he has all the halachas that were left out. All the, many of the Mitzvah Sanskliya's Ba'aretz, many of the halachas that were left out of the Shulchan Aruch. So in his Hagdama there, that's one of the two or three sources where we have many of the stories of the Grah. That the, the Talmudim write it. He writes a lot. He put his feet in uh, ice water to stay up at night and other stories that uh, I won't mention now. But, it's, uh, but there he writes that the Grah was, a, was a, uh, a bucky in every single wisdom in the world. He knew botany, he knew music, he knew every single wisdom. The Grah was a Bakian. And he writes that he wanted to go learn Chachmas Hanituach. He wanted to go to medical school because he wanted to learn that Chachma. And Rav Mishlav writes that his father didn't let him go because his father said, if you perf- learn this Chachma, which is an involved Chachma, and you perfect it, you will then have the wisdom and you'll understand it the best out of any doctor in the world, and you will have an achrayis to stop learning and spend your time healing people for the rest of your life. And you're the gra, and the gra can't stop. So that's why his father did not let him learn that. So you see the the the, the, the chachma. That chachma is. I'm not talking about. That, that's the story. That's quote, what's quoted there. I'm not, that's, uh, I'm not commenting on the story, but just harayit reflects the, the the wisdom of Rafua. So says the says the Tiferes Yisrael. That's pshat. Tov shevarofim. Doctors are given such kochos. And they have to use it, Latov. Rahman al-Islam, if not, if they use their potential not so, so then they go the other direction. Okay, so we have the Mishnah, Rashi, and the other Pshatim, Tov 17, and then we have this expansion of the Tiferes Yisrael. Okay, one other thought, once we're talking about stories, one other story that I saw quoted on, the, on this Pasuk. If you look back at the Pasuk, the same Pasuk that we're on, it's talking about if two people are fighting, and it says, Im yakum if the if he uh, the patient gets up and walks around and lives, then he just has to pay for Shevis and and report. So I saw a story quoted in a sefer called Hegiona Shel Torah, one little volume Hegiona Shel Torah, where it has sharp little comments, comments, pshatim, stories. So he quotes there the story in Prague, story in Prague before the Note to be Yehuda became chief rabbi. End of the 1700s, early 1800s, Prague has been zolcha to many great chief rabbis. The Klayakar was in Prague, the Shlach was in Prague, the Note to be Yehuda was in Prague, the Maharal earlier was in Prague. So says the Hegyona uh, Shel Torah that the previous Rav in Prague was on his deathbed. And the Tamidim around him said, who, who, should, be, who should be your successor? You know, there are many great Rabbanim here in Prague. Who should be your successor? So all he says is, line two, Lachash Harav, Vidilma Rebbe Meir he. Maybe it's Rebbe Meir. And then he died. Nobody knew what in the world this Rav was talking about. Rebbe Meir, there was no rabbi in Prague named Rebbe Meir. So what, is, what does Rebbe Meir have to do with being the next rabbi? So they were putting, putting the word out. What does this have to do with anything? Lo yadu rabam. They said, okay, all the, all the people who are in line, all the ones who are, who are vying for the job, let's ask you. Rabbi Cheskel Landau was there. The Nodabi Yehuda was there. And they put out the question, he was the only one that raised his hand. Always raised his hand. Rabbi Meir throughout Shas is the one that is Choshesh Lemiut. He always says, you have to be worried about the minority. Even though there's a majority, there's a rove, you have to be worried about the minority. Rove people sell, sell this item for A, no, you have to be worried, maybe you sold it for B. He's always chashinu lemiuta. So said little Rav Landau, who wasn't the rove yet, he said he was on his deathbed. And Chazal tell us, rove gosesin lemisa. Most people on their deathbed actually die. When you asked him, who's my successor? He answered, Dilma Rebbe Meirhi. Maybe I'm from the minority. Maybe I'm going to live. I don't want to have to give my successor yet. It's an Ayin Hara. It didn't work. It didn't work, but that's what he meant. So they all voted. No to be who the next rabbi. That story got him in. You know, you know this Kavan of Dilma Rabbi Meirhi. You know what he meant? He's the next rabbi. That's how the No to be 
got the job in Prague. He might have gotten it anyway, but that's the version of the story quoted on this Pasuk. If he could get up, here he didn't get up in the story. But that's the, he was hoping that, that he would get up. Okay, let's continue now. Many, many halachas in Mishpatim. I think I mentioned in the past that if you look in the Sefer HaChinach, how many mitzvahs are in Mishpatim, you will not find so many mitzvahs or many, as many as you would expect because the Sefer HaChinach has two separate parshas. He has parshas Mishpatim and parshas Im Kesef Talve. Middle of the parsha, he had two different parshas. So he made it up somewhere along the line, but he had two separate parshas um, of Mishpatim. So if you look, talk about one or two of the halachas later in the parsha. Perek Chav Gimel, Pasik Dalid, says the Torah. Ki sifga shar o yivcha, o chamoro, to'eh. If I'm outside and I happen to see the ox of my enemy or the donkey of my enemy wandering, hashev tishuven ulo, surely return it. Meaning, hashavas aveda applies even to your sone. That is the halacha. When you see your animal, your friend's ox walking around, surely return it. Says the Chafetz Chaim, and the Chafetz Chaim reads this pasuk, and he sees it of our Musar from the from this pasuk. Source number seven. Ube Parshas Teitzay. Similarly, Ksiv Lo Tira Eshar Achicha Oes Seyoni Dachim Esalatamayhem. Don't turn away from your friend's animals. Hashiv Tishivim Lachicha. Surely return it. They're wandering on the way. You have to return it. Umize Nuchale Hisbonein. From this halacha, says the Chafetz Chaim. You wouldn't think this is the source, but you know what this Pasuk is? It's one of the greatest sources we have to the concept of Kiruv. To the concept of going out and bringing our fellow brethren closer to Judaism. If the Torah is so worried about an asset, a physical asset of a fellow Jew, about his donkey, about his sheep, you see the donkey, you got to return his donkey. Surely, if a person's soul is lost, if you see a person's soul floating around and he's not focused on it and is lost from him, surely we have to try to return his soul to him. Even if it's hard work, imagine schlepping your friend's donkey from the field. Donkeys don't always uh, move so so they don't always listen. Right? They go, they stop, they start. I mentioned in a different context in the past that the, it's just as a side point, but it's a beautiful thought. Uh, the Mashiach is described in Zechariah as Ani Pur V'rochev Al-Achamar, riding on a donkey. So the Mepharshim asked, that's not so glamorous, riding on a donkey. You know, what about riding on a, a stallion, riding on a, on a, I don't know, some other animal, riding on a donkey? No, so they say it's meduyak. Because what does a donkey do? A donkey goes a little bit and the donkey stops. And the donkey goes and stops. And the donkey goes backwards and goes sideways. The ghoul is not one fell swoop, boom, quickly. Ani V'rochev Al-Achamar. We get a little bit, we feel like the ghoul is coming, and then we go back a little bit. Then we go forward, two steps forward, one step back. That's Oni V'rochev Al-Achamar. That's the ghoul. So a donkey doesn't go so quickly. So it's hard work to get the donkey back. So surely, call Shekane, if my friend's nefesh is lost, we have to return it. Vini Yadua Drashas Chazal, the Gemara says about Metziah, Daflamad Aleph, Hashav Teshivim Lachicha, the double Lashon is used in the Torah. Afilu Meya Pa'amim, even a hundred times. Umizenil Moraf Be'in Yoneinu, Shetzarach Lamo Afilu Meya Pa'amim, even a hundred times to try to get somebody closer to Hashem, to try to inspire someone that I know, a co-worker, a neighbor, whatever it is, to show them the beauty of Torah. Not to force something, but to show them how beautiful Yadus could be, how a Shabbos could be, how a, how, a, how a piece of Torah could be. That's how hard we have to work. And the Chavetz Chaim adds, in our day and age, he's writing this 75, 80 years ago. 90 years ago. Even major sinners today. Most of them are not lahachis. They are misguided. There were some lahachisniks, but they taught the other ones who, in their deep of hearts, they aren't lahachis. They are confused. They're like wandering sheep. They don't know how to get back to that. They're their owner. They don't know they're wandering. 
but they are wandering. It's a great mitzvah They're wandering. And it's our job to bring the Jews, bring every Jew a little closer, whatever level they're on, to bring the Jew closer to HaKadosh Baruch Torah. There are Bali Torah out there. There are many out there that have power. They have ability. They have ability to speak, ability to schmooze, ability to influence. And many of them think, I'm fine myself. I don't need to go out there. I don't need to, to spread the good word of Torah. They can't stay quiet, says the says the Chaim. They are now nidachim, but they can become avudim totally. They're pushed away, but soon they're going to come totally lost. That's the pasuk of Ha'ovdim ba'aretz Asher ba'nidachim eretz b'srayim avudim. They're they're totally lost. They're gone. They don't even realize nidachim. They're pushed away. Says the Chavetz Chaim, every day that goes by, they get further and further. That's what we learn from this halacha. Returning, returning a lost item, you read this Pasuk, oh, well, okay, I have to return my friend, my, my enemy's lost donkey. Okay, next Pasuk. No, not next Pasuk. This is one of the great sources that we have for being Makari Vlibos Shalam Yisrael. Along the same lines, the well-known th- comment of the Chazonish in source number eight in Hilcha The Chazonish there is talking about a halacha which he says does not apply today. There's a halacha in the Gemara that if somebody falls into a pit, do you have to save them in certain circumstances? Do you not have to save them? Says the halachah none of those halachas apply When do these halachas apply? When hashkachas Hashem is revealed and open, when there are heavenly voices going out, when there are miracles happening, when you can go to the base of Migdash and see ten miracles right in front of you. If I blatantly, in that type of society, go against God, then I'm deserving of severe punishment. You see miracles, many things happening. You've got to be a very strong denier of God to deny all of that. So then, then you have to destroy Rishayim. And if not, they're going to bring us Pranus, they're going to bring us down. Ava, middle of line six. Bizman ha-helim. In a time of Helum, where God's hidden hand, Hester upon him. It's so hard to believe. Pushing them away is not closing the Pirza, but it's widening the Pirza. Sometimes you could read a halacha and you could think, you know, I have to follow this halacha because it's going to bring, if I do this, you know, it's going to bring people closer to Yahadus. And if somebody doesn't ask their local, their local posek, their local mashpia, really what they could be doing is just the opposite. Distancing people from, from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The, 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 the line sometimes between Kiddush Hashem and Chilol Hashem is so slight. We think that we're doing a Kiddush Hashem. I'm following the halacha. And Rahman al Islam could be just the opposite of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu could want from us in that situation. And here's the four very important words. It's our job to pull them back with ropes of love. Says the Chavetz Chaim, nowadays, so many are Tinoch Shanishpas. So many are not Lahachis. Obviously, there are exceptions. But Ruba de Ruba, like the Chavetz Chaim says, like the Chazonish says, must be, they are wandering. They are like a set Oved, and therefore, they must be returned as much as we can do. That's one halach. Another halach later in the Parsha. Another mitzvah. Many, many mitzvahs. Go later a couple of psukim. Chav Gimel Tezayin. We have the Shalosh Regalim. They're mentioned in a number of places. They're mentioned in Re'e. They're mentioned in Mr. And also, in short, the Shalosh Regalim are mentioned here. Pasik Tesvav. Eschag Matzos Tishmor Shivasi Matzos. 
the, matzah, the feast of matzos, shivas yamim tocha matzos, eat matzah for seven days. In the Torah Shibach Sav, Pesach is not called Pesach. Erev Pesach is called Pesach. The holiday that we call Pesach is called Chag HaMatzos. It's in the spring. The Chag HaKatsir, the truest comes, the time of the harvest. And then the Chag HaAsif, the time of gathering. Wonderful. Answer of Yaakov Kamenetsky. Source number nine. I think it's been a couple weeks, so it's about time we got back to Rabbi Yaakov. Says Rabbi Yaakov, why is it? Simple question. Many of us have probably discussed this at our Yontif table in the past. Why is there such an emphasis in the Torah of the harvest seasons related to each holiday? Okay, it's the harvest season, it's the growing season, it's the blossoming season, and the Torah emphasizes it by each one. And they each named Chag Aviv, Chag Asif. Right, yeah, what's the Chag? It's the blossoming Chag. How, how, what kind of, is that, does that reflect something religious? A religious value? That you call it Chag Aviv, Chag Asif, Chag Katsir? The Tfua grew. Let's celebrate. The Tfua didn't grow. The Tfua is gathered. What are the Moadim about? So he writes two ideas. One we mentioned from him a couple of weeks ago. One idea he says is to emphasize the Jewish view of the world different than other religions. Gashmias is also Ruchnias. Right? Everything can be spiritual. And there's no difference between serving Hashem, right? We sanctify the physical. We take our holiday, Ruchnias, and we call Chaga Asif because the gathering, everything about it, all the physical can become, can become Ruchani. That's the message. We take the physical world around us and attach it to the holiday in order to say, be makadish, everything around us. Sanctify everything around us, as he's written many other places. That's one idea. But then he quotes another idea specifically related to this context. We find many times throughout Tanakh, Sha'akadosh Baruch Hu Mar Eli Yisrael, Many times throughout Tanakh, the situation of nature reflects how God feels about us. Right? What do we do if we don't have rain? We assume we have something to work on, and we daven, and we do tshuva, and we fast, because we assume that the lack of rain, the drought, reflects that God is upset. During certain times in Sefer Malachim, there were droughts. There were famines. Because we assume the world around us is a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? We don't have to look further than the second part of Shema. It's all physical. What do you see from all of those Tzukim? Hashem sends us messages. The grass grows, Hashem's happy with us. Something doesn't grow, He's upset. When everything is great, then we're very happy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is happy with us. And Chas V'Shalom the opposite. And He even says, this is the Pshat, he didn't get to the punchline yet. This is the Pshan in Mesech Shabbos, Taflamet Aleph, where the Gemara has the source for the six Siddharm of Mishnayis. Shisha Siddharm Mishnah. The Gemara quotes a Pasik. Each word of the Pasik alludes to another Seder. Those six words allude, each one of them, to a Seder of Mishnayis. What is Seder Zraim? The word Emuna in the Pasik. Emuna is Seder Zraim. What's the connection between Emuna and Seder Zerayim? So Tosa's there quotes the Yerushalmi. A farmer has to be a believer. Has to be a Maimon. Because if you plant something, it's all it's out of your hands, out of our control. 
It's all up to the one above. Shemamin b'chai olamin v'zoreya. If somebody plants, that means they believe in a the future. They're optimistic. They dream. That's what Zrayim is about. Because they trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Tzfu around us reflect our connection. And therefore he says, that's why the Moadim all have a seasonal theme. Why? Because when we go outside and we see the season, and that's why Dafka, if it's too early, we make Pesach a month later. Why? Because when we go outside and we're besimcha, not just we see outside, we're happy about it, but that, on a deeper level, reflects that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is happy with us. line 31, We all get the message. If things aren't so good, that's also a reason for simcha, because we know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, and we improve on it, and we try harder on it. Whatever the message is, it is a message, it is a communication. And therefore, we have a yontif, and we connect the yontif to the seasonal ideas. So that's the two ideas of Rabbi Yaakov related to why the Yom Tovim have seasonal connections. Okay, two more ideas for the evening. <clears throat> One from Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, who I don't think we have done enough of. But Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, a lot of Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar many times is similar to the Ramban, his Rebbe, his colleague, so to speak. Uh, but he also has his own um, creative ideas. It says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar in Source 10, on the Pasik that appears later in the Parsha, which is the first of three times in the Torah, Lo Savash El Gedi Bachalevi Mo. The Isser of Basar Bachalov. Isser Basar Bachalov. Meat and milk together, three times in the Torah. Rashi quotes, why does it say three times in the Torah? You can't eat it, you can't get benefit from it, and we're not allowed to even cook it. You can't even cook it together. We can't create, I can't work in a trade for restaurant and cook Basar Bachalov together. Because the Bishal itself is an Isser Dal I can't even smell it for Bekavan. Um, so what's the Ta'am HaMitzvah? Is there a Ta'am HaMitzvah behind the Isser of Basar Bachalov? Rebbe Bachai quotes three ideas. The Alderach HaPshat. The first Alderach HaPshat, which doesn't seem so Pashut, but Alderach HaPshat. Ta'am HaMitzvah Azos. L'fishehu metamteh God knows what closes up our hearts. God knows what causes clogged spiritual arteries. Right? What gives us high cholesterol in the spiritual realm? Basa b'chalav. Why? The Gemara assumes there is an affinity and a connection between blood and milk. And there's an Isra of Dam, as we know, which leads to brazenness. That's the issue behind Dam. Dam and Chala, for that matter, he's explaining Chala, but he's explaining why it's Basim and Chala together. He doesn't really go into that specifically, but it's a Chala element. It doesn't change. It doesn't digest well. It doesn't go into the rest of the body and diffuse into the rest of the body. It just stays there and closes up the body. And again, he's talking in a spiritual realm, even though he calls this Adarach HaPshat. It closes up, it doesn't, you can't digest it. Kodesh Baruch knows, but we can't spiritually digest it. Even though it seems like it goes and changes forms, but it really doesn't change forms. That's number one. It spiritually closes up our life, our life um, arteries. Number two, he quotes the Rambam. Source number, uh, line number 11. The Rambam says something here, which he says by many, many mitzvos. The Rambam writes Tami mitzvos in his Moran Nevuchim. And many, the majority, many of the mitzvos, many of the Averas that we have is why? Two words. Avodah Many Averos. Why they're Kamanis? Avodah Why can't you bring honey on the Mizbeach? Avodah Why can't you cook Basa Bechalov? Avodah this is what the Ovi Avodah used to sacrifice to their gods. And therefore, says the Rambam, that is why we are not allowed to do it. That's why the Torah has to answer it. And that is why the Rambam says, interestingly, we find that Losavash El Gedi in the Torah Shebech is linked to the Regalim. 
as we were just excuse me, talking about. What is the Los of Ashley going to have to do with Yantif? The answer is, yeah, when you go to the base Hamigdash on Yantif, when you go to serve your God, don't do it like they did it. Line 15, This is many times the Rambam says this. And then the Rabbeinu Bachai says what he really thinks. Line 17, None of these really help. First of all, the first reason doesn't explain why Basar and Chalav. He just talks about what the problem with Chalav is. It's like Dam, and it gives the closes up the arteries. So building must be Kim. It's just a push off people who you want a reason. I'll give you a reason. Sorry, mitzvah Ultimately, he says this is one of the chukim. Can't doesn't have a reason. Michlal, and it's really it has who are its chavruses? This mitzvah. There are three. This one, though, you wouldn't have put in the group. But there are three. You might have, but this is the group it has. Mechlal para aduma v'seir hamishtaleach. The goat that we throw off the cliff on Yom Kippur. How does that bring a kapara? And para aduma. V'chein dar shechazal, and he quotes a medrash that we don't really have in our regular medrash, Rabbah. Lo'asid lavo ha-kadosh baruch hu megaleh lo'hem li-Yisrael. Lo'asid lavo ha-kadosh baruch hu is going to explain to us the three hardest mitzvahs to understand. What are they? Mipnei matziv ta-Torah. So Basar B'chalav is one of the three models for Chukim. The Kivan Shekane, and since, look at the Medrash. I don't need to give an explanation. He quotes in the continuation that maybe in the future we will be able to eat Basar B'chalav. But this is his final uh, suggestion for Basim HaChalav. So he has number one, about the Dam and the Chalav, number two, the Rambam, Avodah Zara, and number three, it's one of the model, one of the model Chukim. Good. One final thought we'll end with, which is a classic. Classic which uh, many may be familiar with, at least parts of the thought, but if you've never seen it inside, you have to sit down and see it. Classic Beis HaLevi. So as 13. Says the Beis Halevi, and many, this is quote, different parts of it are quoted. In Lumdis, in Halacha, in, ha- in Ashkaf, in Agada. Let's see what he says. We mentioned at the beginning of the year, the end of the parsha has the famous phrase, Naaseh Vinishma. Ask the Beis Halevi, what was the godless of that phrase? What was so, so great, so amazing about, about Naaseh Vinishma? Okay, they spoke Naaseh, we'll do and we'll listen. They weren't really focusing on what they were going to do. What was the godless of it? Question one. Question two. The Gemara says in Masechus Nadarim, you have it in Source 11. Why did the Churban Beis Hamigdash happen? Why was the Beis Hamigdash destroyed? So in Masechus Yuma, we have one version. The first Beis Hamigdash was the big three of Eris, the second Beis Hamigdash was Sinaschina. That's Yuma Daftes. That's one version. But the Gemara here in Nadarim quotes another view. What is the reason? Vayomer Hashem alazvames Torasi, v'chulu hainu loshomu b'koli, amrav Yehudam arav, they did not say Birchas HaTorah. Doesn't say they didn't learn. They didn't say Birchas HaTorah. The question begs itself. Why didn't they say Birchas They said all other Birchas. They didn't say Birchas HaTorah. The Ram doesn't even count Birchas as a mitzvah. The Rabban counts it as a mitzvah to say Daraisa. But even if, even if it is Daraisa, that's the Churban Abayis. Happens because of that. And why didn't they say it? What they have against Birchas HaTorah? Says the Ran, quoting Rabbeinu Yonah on that Gemara, line twelve. The Kalafarish Elavadai Hayu Oskin B'Torah Tamid. They were big Tamid Chachamim. They were learning. Uleficha Hayu Chachamim Unaviim Tameim Amav Daharetz. That's why everybody was wondering why the Chorban happened. Why the Chorban happened? We're big Tamid Chachamim. Ad shepirshu Hakadosh Baruch Hu biatzmo until Hashem says Himself. Shehu yodeya ma'amaki lev. He knows with the depths of the heart. Shelo hayu mavarchin b'torah tchila. They didn't make the bracha. Why klomar? Shelo haysa haTorah chashuva be'inehem kolkach. The Torah wasn't chashiv in their eyes. Shehei roi levarich aleha. It wasn't worthy of a bracha. Shelo hayu oskin balishma. They weren't osik in Torah lishma. They didn't take it so seriously. It's not so special. It doesn't merit a bracha. That answers somewhat, but it still begs the question, why weren't they machshavit? 
what they misread about the significance of the Torah. They learned and learned and learned and learned. If they learned and learned and learned, so why didn't they make the bracha? So, two questions. What's Nasa Benishma and Churban Abais? Why didn't they make the bracha? Says the Beis HaLevi. Unbelievable. Says the Beis HaLevi, line 14. We don't read, we don't read the whole thing to save time. There are two elements of Talmud Torah. There are two types of Talmud Torah. Two aspects of Talmud Torah. Echad. Kedeleida heich umalasos. Vim lo yomot First is, to learn in order to know what to do. If I don't learn, I could love Shabbos. I could sit and learn all the Musr books about Shabbos. Shabbos is my favorite day of the week. If I don't learn Hilcha Shabbos, I won't know how to be Mekayim Shabbos. I'll violate all the Malachas, even though in my heart I love Shabbos. That's Lima number one. If you're Amun Aretz, you can't be a Chassid. And that's, that's number one. Says, skip for a few lines for a minute, and then he quotes Ish Od Maila, a second type of Lima, as we know. Second line, Let's skip that for a minute. Limud, not for the sake of knowing what to do, but just for the sake of studying the Dvar Hashem. Coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through this Limud. And Lishma, right? Learning, learning Taharis today. One might say, it might be Amunath Lasso, because we hope Mashiach comes tomorrow. But knowing every Lumdis about everything, right? Limud Lishma. Learning every Ksos and Nesivis, you might not have to learn that. You don't have to learn that to know every Halach Lamaisa. Sometimes you do, but not every time. But that's the second level. Lamayin Afkamina, what's the difference? He says women. Women. Well, the Gemara says women are Peturas from Tabat Torah. Right, so one should not be mistaken. Women have to learn a lot. The Ramah says women have to learn every all business that are shy after them. So all women have to learn are Dalchak Shulchanach. Arachayim, evident as a Choshim is for That's what they have to learn. Beyond that, Halavai, okay, all men should know what women have to learn. Right, Dalchak Shulchanach. Shabbos, Kashras, everything. Right, so, but in terms of obligation, in terms of obligation, women are Machuyiv in type 1 and not in type 2. Women do not, if they want to, they can. But they have to. They don't have to learn every every lima l'shma that's only on the men. Based on a pasuk. So that's an afkamina between the two. Says the Beis Halevi to answer the first question. You know what the guys of Nasa and Nishma was? Nasa. First they said, we're going to do. We're going to do. What do you mean we're going to do? Obviously they learned beforehand to know what to do. If they say we're going to do, but even after we do, which presupposes that they did learning beforehand, it says v'nishma, and we'll learn after we do. Meaning they accepted the Torah Lishma. They accepted the second type of learning. That was the Gaulus of Nasa and Ishma. We're not just going to learn in order to know what to do. We know the value, the Hashivas of this Torah. And therefore, we will study it even after we do. That's what he said on the bottom left. If it would have said Nishma Vanasa, we would have thought Nishma, you're going to learn Nasa in order to know what to do. But that's why he says the opposite. Nasa, we're going to do, which we have to learn before in order to know what to do, and then Nishma. We add a, even the added element. That was the Galzanas of Nishma, even the second element of Talmud Torah. What about the second question? So one other Gemara. And then he answers it together. The Gemara says in Meseches Menachos, turning the page in source 14. The Gemara says in Meseches Menachos, on line 22. The Gemara says that you only make a bracha on the final stage of a mitzvah. For example, I don't make a bracha when I put tzitzes on the beged. I make a bracha when I wear the tzitzes. I don't make a bracha, according to what we paskin, when I build a sukkah. I make a bracha when I sit in the sukkah. I don't make a bracha when I write tefillin. I make a bracha when I wear tefillin. You only make a bracha on the final stage of a mitzvah. So now, says the Beis HaLevi, unbelievable. B'nai Yisrael, during that time, they learned and learned and learned and learned. But they didn't say bracha Torah. Why did they say bracha Torah? Because they only believed in type 1 learning. And if it's only type 1 learning then the learning is not an ends in itself. The learning is a preparatory stage. They didn't make a bracha because they thought the whole godless of learning is just in order to know what to do. And that's why. They knew halacha. They didn't make a bracha b'tafka because it wasn't chashav. Like Rabbi says, it wasn't chashiv to them to make a bracha. So they didn't make a bracha because they only believed in type 1 learning. That's why they thought it was like building a sukkah. Building a sukkah and learning Torah. Why the churban happened? Because they didn't appreciate 
the secret of the second type of learning, Talmud Torah Lishma, which is above and beyond, which shows our pure Avon, they forgot Nasev and Ishma. They went against Nasev and Ishma. They forgot that commitment. And that's why the Churban Abayas happened. How does this relate to the Gemaras and Aschinam? Not for now. But that is the Beis HaLevi putting together the Gemara in Nidarim and the Gemara in Menachas and Nasev and Ishma. Wrapping it all together, give us, giving us an appreciation of Limanat Torah, Amanas Lasos, and Limanat Torah Lishma. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will uh, continue next week with Parshas Shruma.